Welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonholm and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. This theme for the year, I've never come alive more for a theme. Like I love, this is my Bible. It's um, if, if anything, my life in a testimony would be that phrase, this is my Bible. And what's that done in my life and how that shaped me. So I'm excited to preach um, on the Word tonight. And um, it's going to be a good Word. The title is, You Have My Word. You Have My Word. And before we get into Scripture, I'll tell you a little bit about the, the passage we're going to read. We're going to read in John 8. And Jesus is teaching as He does. And um, some of the people that He's talking to are like not loving what He's saying, which is a common experience for Jesus. In fact, a lot of the times um, I've heard it said like this, that when, when, when Jesus was speaking, He would um, disturb those that were comfortable, those in religion, those in tradition. And then He would comfort those that have been broken, those that that hasn't worked for, those that are disturbed. And so... In the passage we're going to read, you can see that, that these people don't really necessarily like what He's saying, but it's actually bringing challenge, it's bringing life, it's bringing freedom. And so John 8 verse 31 to, to 38 says this, To the Jews who had believed Him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. What he's, what he's talking about is habitual, continual sin, that it's not just one off here and there. It's like you cannot stop it. And, and he says, anyone um, with a whoa. Okay, now a slave has no permanent us. Very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are looking for a way to kill me because you have no room for my word. I love that song we just sung, I will make room. You know, they had room for tradition and religion, but they didn't have room for his word. I am telling you what I have seen in the Father's presence and you are doing what you have heard from your Father. Why don't we pray before we go any further. God, we thank You for Your Word, that it is living and active, that it is sharp. And Lord, would You speak to us tonight? Would You speak through me tonight? Lord, would it get to every single heart? Would You divide it a million ways? In Jesus' Name, Amen. Um, I have a problem. I get lost a lot. Like I get lost everywhere, all the time. I have no sense of direction. I can remember a conversation we had 10 years ago. I remember it word for word, but I can't remember a friend's house that I've been going to for 10 years. Like I, I just, I get lost. It, it's not even just locations, it transfers online. When I was doing online uni, I got lost and I was attending the wrong tutorials. How do you do that? Well, I, I, was, I was on this tutorial and I'm like, wow, my friend from school is on the same tutorial as me. How good. That's random. I thought he went to a different campus. He did. 
Um, I was just going to the wrong tutorial. So my lack of direction and my amazing ability of getting lost, even transfers online. I remember when I first got my licence, I didn't have a phone. I don't know why I didn't have a phone, but I didn't have a phone. So I would screenshot um, directions and then on an iPad that didn't have any service and then I would drive and hope for the best. And I would go to street maps and like have a look to see if I could learn what that street would look like. Um, It never worked. I still got lost. And so I remember I had to go to a friend's house this one time and I had been there before. So I'm like, it's not that bad. It can't be that hard. I, I, you know, screenshot my little directions. I'm not using one of those. What are those book, the book directories? I was going to say a book nav man, but a a directory. (laughs) I didn't have any one of them. It was a new area. And um, I, I get to this street and it's not quite the same name as the street that my friend told me, but very similar, very similar, like maybe one word different, I don't know, but very similar. And it had the same number on the street. So I'm like, this seems right. Like this seems like it's fine. I'm gonna be fine. And then I remembered my friend had a, um, a, a shelf of kids' shoes at the front. And so I'm like, if there's a shelf of kids' shoes at the front, it's gonna be okay. And so I get to this house, it's the same number, it's a similar address, and um, there's a shelf of kids' shoes. So I'm like, sweet. And I'm ringing the doorbell, and finally this older man walks to the door. I look at him like, who are you? He looks at me like, what are you doing here? He simply says to me, uh, wrong house. And I'm like, yes, I'm so sorry, sir. Even this last Christmas, I, I, I was at a family event and um, I had seen my cousin's car at a different house. And so I thought, oh, that's the house. So I walk up to this random house ready for Christmas. I see people I've never seen before. I'm thinking they just must be some invites that I haven't met. So I'm like smiling, like, you're gonna let me in? They they keep the door closed. They're not letting me in. I'm like, what is going on? I realise I'm at the wrong house. You see, I have a problem. I get lost. I get lost a lot, but here's the thing. All these places, they looked similar. I mean, they appeared to be the right thing. Like a a few little tweaks here and there, but they seemed, they seemed right. And the problem is too many Christians will settle for what seems right rather than the actual truth. But it feels good, it sounds good, it looks similar, but it's not the truth. And Proverbs 14 verse 12 says this, there is a way that appears right to a man, but in the end, it leads to destruction. You know, our world will base it, um, some decisions on feelings. They tell you, yeah, just do what you feel. That, uh, that seems right. That seems like it'll help you. It seems like that will give you freedom. If you just do what you feel, but if, you've, if, you, if we could base our legal system on doing what you feel whenever you want, however you want, with whoever you want, that would be called chaos. That would be called destruction. Just because it appears to be right doesn't mean it is right. We like some opinions and some opinions feel good and we love having opinions. We love hearing opinions. We love giving opinions because they seem good 
They sound all nice. They make us feel good on the inside. But in the end, they're still not the truth. The truth is the Word of God. The truth remains the same. It's the same yesterday, today and forever. But we go for what seems right. And isn't it interesting? Sometimes the promises of God don't seem very promising. I mean, you ever, you ever had a promise of God over your life and you're looking at your situation and you're like, this doesn't seem very promising, but just because it doesn't appear on the surface to be right doesn't mean it isn't. You see, we can't go on just what is appearing to be right on the surface because the closer you get, the more you realise, no, no, there's something off about this. There's something off about this. But he says, if you hold to my teachings, he says, if, that means you've got a choice. You don't have to. It's not when, like you must, and it's guaranteed that you will. It's if, you got a choice, if you hold. And when he says hold, he's saying continue. If you continue in my teachings, not just a one-time experience, not just here at once and there you go, that's all I've needed for the rest of my life. But if you continue every single day, come on, in the daily, if you continue in my teachings, and that word teaching means logos, that's not a big revelation word, that's simply the Word from God. Regardless of a, a big feeling on the inside when you get it, it's simply His Word, the Word from God. You know, marriages aren't built on a honeymoon. Marriages aren't built on these big moments. They're built on the everyday conversations you have. They're built on the continuing, the little conversations, the questions you ask. Yeah, they're nice things to have, but you don't build a marriage on a honeymoon. You don't build your marriage on a, on a one-off feeling and a one-off date night. You build it in the everyday, in the consistency. So if you Hold to my teachings, then you will know the truth. Then you will know the truth. You see, to know someone, you got to get to know someone. You can't just know someone, you got to get to know someone. Here's how some of us read our word though we, we open the word in the morning and we're like, cool, yeah, didn't get anything out of that one. Yeah, didn't get anything out of that today. And I don't know about you, but just consider any close relationship you have. Now, do you follow up every conversation you have with, didn't get anything out of that? Yeah, didn't get anything out of that. That was not that great. No, you don't do that because it's a relationship. And it doesn't matter if you're having the best time sometimes or you're just sitting side by side having a random thought here and there. But it's just a relationship. So we don't have to open our Word and go, oh, God, oh uh, uh, nothing for me today. Yeah, didn't get anything out of that because it's a relationship. Some of us open the Word and, and we're looking for a rule book. We're like, okay, do this, don't do this, do this, don't do this, do that. Okay, okay, cool. It's more than, it's not even just a rule book. There's guides, there's principles, but it's not a rule book. Some of you, you open your Word and, and you're expecting to, to just be able to tell God what you want. You want a formula for how to live. You want a formula and you're like, if I do this and then I do that, then I'll get what I want. Then I'll, then I'll be a millionaire if I can just do this and do that. And you're reading the Bible like a formula rather than a conversation to be had. 
You see, the Bible is living and active. It's not a textbook, it's a conversation with God. And so when you open the Word, He'll begin to speak to you. He'll begin to speak into your world. Sometimes it's a big revelation, sometimes it's not. But also then you begin to talk and you begin to ask questions of the Word. And you begin to say, God, what are you saying here? Because that's what happens, because it is living and it is active. And when you read the Bible, it starts to read you. You start to discover who you are. You, just, you start to discover your heart. You know, in Hebrews 4.12, it says, uh, um, the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to um, the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and then judging the thoughts and the intentions of your heart. That means when you read the Word, what happens is you begin to see your own heart. You can hide your motivations. You can hide your intentions from people around you, but you can't hide your motivations, your intentions, the things behind what you do from God. God sees you clearer than anyone. Sometimes, oh, that's a bit scary. But it's true because when you read the Bible, it reads you. It begins to show you your heart. It's a heart matter. He wants to have a deep conversation with you, not just a surface level thing. If you know the truth, you see, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. When we read the Word, we're talking relationship because the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word came to us and Jesus was the embodiment of the Word. And He says, I'm revealing the Father. And then the Holy Spirit comes. He says, I'm revealing to you the Word. I'm gonna teach you what the Word says. And then you get this um, Trinity that is revealing the heart of God. Because He is the way, the truth and the life. And you can know the truth. You can know the truth. Here's the thing about truth. I look into this one and the first word that comes up is objective. Not my truth, not your truth, the truth. Then you can know the truth. Our world builds our lives on our truth and your truth. That's not what the Word of God says. It says the truth. And I want to show you something tonight. I've got some gentlemen who got to help me out. Because if the truth is the same, <laughs> smooth sailing, guys, smooth sailing, fantastic. Thank you, gentlemen. See, the truth is consistent. You wanna build trust in a relationship, you want consistency. Easiest way to build trust in a relationship, be consistent. The thing is, you, you may have had a relationship where they say they love you one day, then the next they're gone, whether it was a parent, whether it was a different relationship. And, and so you struggled to trust because there wasn't consistency. But, but God's Word is the same yesterday, today and forever. He doesn't change. So when He said He loves you, guess what? He's not gonna wake up tomorrow and say, oh, you know what? I take it back. No, no, He won't do that. And so the Word of God is the same 
all the time. It doesn't change. The Word of God is the same. The promises of God, whether you feel like they're true or not, will stay the same. But here's what happens. So one person comes along, one generation comes along, and, and what happens is we, we tried, but we, um, we missed the mark. We missed the mark. That's sin. Sin is missing the mark. God set a standard for us, and then we go, we missed it. And the next generation comes along, and then we go, there we go. Nice and colourful. And then we go, well, I mean, they were here. I'm not that bad. I mean, I'm, I'm close to them. We compare to the last generation. Well, instead of comparing to the Word that is consistent and the same, we go to the last generation. And then the next one comes along and we're like, there we go. Here we go. And we're like, here. Well, I mean, they were here, so I'm not that far off them because the previous generation were like that. So, I mean, I'm not that far from the truth. And you and I look at that and we're like, wow. Like there's a downward trajectory. We're like, whoa. And you watch the, the moral compass of, of society. Does it go upwards or go downwards? You see, you see the thing is this though. Um, I studied social sciences. In fact, I have a bachelor's degree in social sciences. I've been around a lot of different circles with a lot of different opinions and people that love to hear their own voice. And, um, <laughs> and, and, and they don't see it this way, right? They see it like this. They see it like this. They go, no, we're evolving. They say, no, we're improving. They say, no, we're getting better. That stuff, no, 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 that's, that wasn't for us. No, no. We see, we're actually getting better. And, and I'm sitting with all these social science people, and this is how they're viewing it. You see, there's a humbling for some, and then there's an encouragement for others. But here's the thing. It doesn't matter what way you look at it. We're still farther from the truth. Whether you see it like the world does or you see it like we do, you're still further from the truth. The Christian life shouldn't be lived in comparison to another person. It shouldn't be lived in comparison to the last generation. It shouldn't be lived in comparison to what they said. The Christian life should be lived in comparison to the Word. So what that means for us is there's a little pivot here and then we come back. And then there's a little pivot here and then we come back. And then there's a little pivot here and we continually shift and change according to the Word of God. Not according to an opinion, not, an, not according to, to the last generation, to what they said. You guys can take that. Thank you very much. Um, but according to the Word of God, because the Word of God is the same yesterday, today and forever. We're not called to live according to a feeling or an opinion. We're called to live according to the Word of God. So some people, what God will do is He'll disturb those that think they don't need God. He'll disturb that comfort of those that are like, I don't need God. I'm already free. And then He'll comfort those that are disturbed. And He'll say, no, no, I, I, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. 
you can know the truth and then the truth will set you free. Here's the thing, a slave can't set a slave free. I can't set you free. Your friends can't set you free. Your parents can't set you free. Your school can't set you free. Your workplace can't set you free. A different situation, that won't set you free. You can have all the money in the world, that won't set you free. A slave cannot set a slave free. Only the Son can set you free. And it says who the Son sets free is free indeed. But we continue in His truth. We let the truth of God reach to our heart. You see, you see, when there's a, a structural issue, you can't just put a random external solution. You gotta go deeper. The Word of God gets to the heart of the matter. It's not a Band-Aid on a broken bone, that doesn't work. The Word of God gets to the heart and when it gets to your heart, when you, the words are hidden in your heart, written on the tablets of your heart, it begins to shape the way you think, begins to shape the way you believe. And then you begin to walk in freedom. And then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. If you want more freedom in your life, you need more truth in your life. You need more truth in your life. You need more of the Word of God in your life. It begins to transform you. It begins to make you new. There's something that happens as you just spend more time in the presence of God, reading His Word, having conversations with God. It begins to change you. But the power is in the application. The power is in the practice that we wouldn't just hear the Word, but we would be doers of the Word. One man built his house on rock. One man built his house on sand. The one on the sand came down. The one on the rock stood firm. You see, those that build your house on the rock, you will stand firm. If you build your house on opinion, if you build your house on feeling, it will come crumbling down. Anything built on anything but the Word of God is eventually destined to implode. But as you build your house on the rock, on a solid foundation, on the Word of God that is the same, you can stand firm and you begin to change and you begin to shift. I remember when I first started reading the Word, I found um, myself in a tug of war. I was going into year seven and there was one group of friends that were clearly going one direction. And then I was just deciding whether I really wanted to do this God thing. I had heard Scriptures so much so that when I wanted to hang out with them and feel comfortable doing those things they were doing, I really wanted to. I wanted to be okay with that, but inside I couldn't do it because the Word of God was reminding me, was coming back, was pulling me back. And I felt this tug of war in my heart. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna give it a shot. I'm gonna give this God thing a shot. I've heard my parents talk about it, but no, no, I need to know. I need to know if this is gonna be personal. I need to know if this thing is legit. And so I heard of a family and I literally overheard a conversation and they were talking about a family that I thought was kind of cool. And they said, oh yeah, they read their Bibles all the time. And I was like, hmm, I'm gonna try that. And so I woke up early just because there's six kids and you don't get much quiet elsewhere. So I would wake up early before everyone was up 
And I remember I started to read the Word in year seven. I started to open up the Scriptures. I didn't know how much change would happen in my life just through opening up the Scriptures. Each day, I would just open up the Scripture. I would just let Him speak to me. And you know when you're walking with your head held down for a long time, then you finally look up and you look back and you're like, whoa, I've come a long way. It's like, it's like every day I was just walking with my head held down, focusing on the Word, going, God, speak to me, God, I, I want to I know You personally. And then I finally looked back and by the time I finished school, I was like, whoa, I've come a long way. Why? Because of these little shifts. Why? Because what God was saying to me, it didn't always, I didn't always have this great feeling that came with it. Sometimes it's a challenge. Love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. That's not a fluffy feeling. That doesn't give me goosebumps. And some of us, we equate God with, with a feeling. And we think if we don't have the goose pimples, He's not there. But our God isn't just a feeling. He may use your feelings, but He's not just the feelings. I would open this Word. I remember I, I would sit between the coffee table and the couch and I'd be on my knees and John 3.30 really stood out to me. And so I'd just begin to pray. He must increase. I must decrease. Every day, He must increase. I must decrease. Oh God, let it not be about me. Let me hear you. He must increase, I must decrease. I began to change my world and I began to experience freedom that my friends weren't experiencing. Some things that I used to be bound by, opinions I used to be bound by, things I used to fear, things that, anxieties that used to run rampant. I started to walk in freedom in these areas. And the things that held me captive stopped holding me captive as I continued in the Word. You don't notice the change sometimes until you look back and you go, whoa, I'm not the same person I used to be. Your relationship with God isn't just a moment. It's the everyday. And in the everyday, there's freedom for you to experience. There's freedom for you to walk in. There's truth for you to know. Come on, the more truth you know, the more freedom you experience. You're gonna find freedom this year as you begin to open the Word and discover what He says about you. There's gonna be freedom this year. As you look into the mirror and discover what He says about you, you're gonna experience freedom this year. The things that you are bound by, no longer bound by. Why? Because His Word is getting to the heart. Because His Word, you're not just hearing it, but you're gonna begin to do it. The power is in the practice. Let us not just be hearers of Your Word, God, but let us put it into practice. I noticed that in this room, you know, probably not everyone could say that, yeah, I have a personal relationship with Jesus. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a daily believer. Not everyone can say that. The truth is that He knows your heart. He sees your heart. He sees whether you've been far away from Him. He sees whether you're close to Him. But He knows your heart. The good news tonight is it says that 
who the sun sets free is free indeed. And He was the way, the truth and the life. And He came to give His life for you and I. He came to rescue us, to be your Saviour, to be your Lord, to be your friend. He came to you. It says the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That is, He came to you. He wasn't waiting up at the top of a ladder saying, come on, try again, be better, do better. No, no, no. Jesus came to you. He came to meet you where you're at. He came to love you when you don't have it all together. He loves you as you are, but I guarantee if you walk with Him, it won't stay that way. You begin to change and shift and walk in freedom. And so tonight, maybe that's you. And you're like, I don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. You can know Him tonight. The best part of it, all that I get to do is simply introduce you. Tonight is, hey, you're meeting Jesus. And then guess what? You get to walk out faith with Him. Long obedience in the same direction, Eugene Peterson says. You get to walk out the freedom journey. You get to walk in His truth for you. You get to really discover who you are and who you are called to be. That is His Word for you. And so why don't you close your eyes all across this room and bow your heads just for a moment of privacy. And we're gonna pray a prayer together and it's just to help you invite Him into your heart. God, I'm sorry I've, 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 I've either walked away or I've really never known You, but as You were talking tonight, You just feel this pull to know Jesus, to know Him personally. He's come to You. He loves You. He's gone after You. And all you got to do is accept Him in your heart. He, 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 won't, he won't force Himself in there. He's a gentleman. He knocks at the door of your heart and those you have the choice to let Him in. And so we're gonna pray a prayer together to help let Him in to our heart, let Him in to the deep stuff. And so why don't you repeat after me, Dear Jesus, I'm sorry for my wrongs. I accept Your forgiveness. Thank You for dying for me, for rising again, so that I can have a new life. I give You my life. Walk with me each and every day. In Jesus' Name. And while all eyes are still closed and all heads are still bowed, if that felt personal for you tonight, maybe you've walked away a long time ago and you're coming back afresh. Maybe you've never really known Him to begin with and that just felt personal. I just want you to raise your hand long enough so I can see it. Why? Because I just wanna pray a prayer of blessing of you. I wanna give you a gift of the Word so that you can walk and continue in His Word. So if that's you, would you just pop your hand up long enough so I can see it? Just quickly and long enough so I can see it. Great, I see that hand. Is there anyone else? Amazing, so good. He loves you. No one will ever love you the way He does. So good, is there anyone else? Great, amazing, so good. Well, I'm gonna pray a prayer of blessing over that person. Father God, we just thank You. We thank You for Your Word. We thank You that it is living and active. And Lord, I just pray that as they open the Word, as they, um, as they discover more about You, Lord, that that they would grow close to You. God, that You would be the closest thing in their life. 
God, that they would really know You, that in a year's time, they will look back to this moment and go, man, I met Him then, but I'm so different now. And so we just pray Your protection. We just pray Your blessing over that person. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.